1: Here's your Real Estate Insider, Dr. Chuck Fury.
2: Hello, folks. Dr. Chuck here, your Real Estate Insider. Great to be back with you again this week. Hope you had a wonderful week. And with me, I have Mike Staton, our wonderful operations manager at Stanford Property. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you, Chuck? I'm doing fantastic. Great. Thank you. It's been a great week. And uh, what did you do this week, Mike?
3: Uh, I actually went to a comedy club
2: last weekend. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Terrific. You know, one of my great uh, joys in life is when I get home from a hard day, um, I set my goals in the beginning of the day, and one of them is to laugh during the day. And if I haven't That's laughed a good goal. during the day, and I try to, but if I haven't, I turn on Seinfeld. Yeah. And
3: I, I love that. I mean, he's, he, it's like going to a comedy club. And It uh, is, I because he has those little bits of the... Uh, the stand-up that he does, or at least in the early seasons, they did that. I'm watching that right now. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend, we're watching from the beginning yeah, yeah. on Hulu. So yeah, it's, yeah, uh, that's great. it's a good time. That's a great But it, uh, it doesn't beat live comedy, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, live comedy really is a, a great experience for anybody that wants to try it. Yeah. I definitely recommend it. I had a Fantastic. good time when I went uh, over the last weekend.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to laugh. It's good to stay upbeat. And uh, life has its ups and downs. And our... Mission here in our program is always to help people keep their financial life on the upswing. Mm-hmm. And so they can laugh, uh, you know, they don't have to worry about their finances and they can laugh, um, you know, uh, freely and easily about their life. Um,
3: as much as possible.
2: Keeping their life easy, lucrative, and fun, as we say. Yeah. Elf our elf theory. Yeah. So I saw this cartoon recently, and uh, it was in a real estate section, and there was this um, realtor uh, holding up the phone and talking to his client, and he quoted as saying, For the sake of full disclosure, I am obligated to inform you that this property is located on a planet besieged by war, poverty, disease, political unrest, and rampant stupidity.
3: <laughs> that is full disclosure.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's full disclosure. And we are supposed to disclose everything we know about the property these days as real yeah, estate Yeah, those, those
3: are material facts. <laughs> Have you seen a good one, Mike? Uh, yeah, actually. There was a, a one also had to a deal with real estate I was looking at. And uh, it's an uh, agent on the phone, and he says to uh, presumably his client, If we fail to sell your home within two weeks, we will gladly refund every cent that you haven't paid us yet. (laughs) I love that one. Well, real estate's a funny business because we do get paid at the end of a transaction.
2: Mm -hmm. And so we invest our time and our money on marketing and uh, all kinds of things, phone calls and and everything else um, that is involved in a transaction. We invest all of that upfront and then get paid at the end of a transaction. Right. And um, if that transaction doesn 't go smoothly or doesn 't go successfully, then we don 't get paid right and so um there 's strengths and weaknesses to that approach, I think um, some people have tried to structure that differently. Um, with mixed results, I think. But uh, some people charge their clients up front. Uh, We do not do that. Right, an advance fee. An advance fee or a buyer's broker fee or -hmm. or other types of fees. Um, But ultimately, uh, I think it's really important that um, whoever uh, is working for our audience, for our listeners out there, um, that they definitely check – uh, their record uh, get references from them, uh, make sure that they have a good track record and that they operate intelligently so that uh, they won 't make mistakes in the future yeah um, and our basic premise is that we want to make sure that our clients think very carefully about what their uh, what the ramifications of their trans is going to be, so when they sell their property um, they need to know what is the tax liability going to be when they sell it? Uh, what are the fees going to be moving into that transaction? How can they minimize those fees? And of course, one of our major thrusts in our uh, marketing program is to help them find out how they can eliminate or at least greatly reduce their capital gains tax liability.
3: Yeah. And that is a major issue for a lot of our clients. Uh, many of them have held on to their properties for considerable amount of time, 10, 20, even 30 years in some yeah. cases. And uh, the gain on their property is significant. Yeah, so, um, That's you know, absolutely right. We're working with some clients that have held on to their property for over 60 years. Yeah. And uh, wow. that's uh, quite a bit of gain on that property. That's there. a lot of gain. Yes, that is. I wish I could have bought at the prices 60 years ago.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I wasn't around 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah, Someday I won't be able to say that, but uh, these days I can. Um, so, Mike, we've talked a lot about... Um, Different strategies for eliminating capital gains tax when you sell your property, um, either w- whether it's a residence or whether it's a um, commercial property or an investment property. And um, we have a lot of strategies in that area. Today I was hoping we could talk about uh, one of the creative financing strategies that I like a lot for both sides of the transaction, and that's doing a seller financing or seller carryback back.
3: Yeah, that's a a great idea. And I know that uh, a lot of agents and and brokers don't uh, like to work with this because they're just not familiar enough with it. It's very powerful. Uh, It can work out for both sides of the transaction, like you said. Um, It works out for a lot of sellers that have uh, a certain type of need or want a a steady income stream. Absolutely.
2: Now, Mike, we did some research this week because we have a client that's um, negotiating a seller carryback financing deal right now. Um, what approximately were the rates that uh, a seller will get? Let's assume that the seller receives, um, you know, $500,000 in proceeds from the sale of their property. And in many cases, it's much more than that. But sure. Let's just assume that for, for the sake of numbers here. Um, that $500,000, uh, that seller will pay tax on if he gets it. Uh, uh, depending on the circumstance, of course, but we're going to assume it's an income property he's held for a long period of time. And if he does not do a 1031 exchange uh, or some other financing strategy that we're aware of that uh, could eliminate his taxes, he's going to pay quite a bit of tax or she's going to pay quite a bit of tax on that. Um, he'll pay, They'll pay uh, California and federal uh, taxes. So right. uh, back to my point, what, uh, after they pay those taxes will be
3: the interest rate that they
2: will get let's say from a
3: from a T bill right so there's there's various ways that they could uh, reinvest it uh a T bill say one year T bill uh they're going to get about uh a 1% on yeah. their money i mean it fluctuates but yeah. uh that's about as good as they're going to do with yeah. that. Uh, now, of course, it's a short-term investment. Yeah. If uh, they, they have a treasury note or a, a bond, uh, you know, 20 yeah. years or something like that, then they can... They'll do a little better. They'll get a little better. They'll get yeah. up to 2.3. Um, I think mm-hmm. right now it's yeah. around 2.5. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I remember the five-year CD on one of the institutions, one of the higher-paying institutions, was 1.6-something, uh, Yeah. a little under 1.7%. Um, money market funds were under 0.4%. F-
3: yeah, um, yeah, I think I saw point, uh, yeah, it. 29.
2: Yeah. So um, so really, they're getting almost nothing on their money. So a, a savvy seller that understands how to use uh, carryback financing to their benefit can actually uh, create a very good transaction for themselves. There's some pros and some cons, which we'll talk about. But from the seller standpoint... Um, If they carry back their equity, uh, they will avoid capital gains tax initially. There will be no capital gains tax assessed on that um, if it's structured properly. And then over time, they'll gradually pay their capital gains tax as their principal is paid off. And that, from a tax planning standpoint, can be a very good way of um, allocating uh, tax liability for the future and orchestrating it over, let's say, 5, 10, 15, 20 years.
3: Yeah, and and it's essentially deferring your your capital gains tax uh, in a a very creative way. That's right,
2: exactly. Now, there's a number of ways to um, structure these notes so that they actually um, behoove the seller in the way that that seller wants them to operate. For example, uh, I've done deals with... uh, Sellers that, for example, have very specific needs for money and income in the future, and they know exactly when those needs will arise. For example, if they have a uh, daughter or a son in uh, college, uh, they know that at the beginning of every college year, they're going to have to come up with a a lump sum of money. Uh Um, And so I've uh, had uh, one seller, uh, we structured a a carryback note where he was actually – uh, getting balloon payments, small balloon payments, relatively speaking, uh, along the way that enabled him to make those payments and pay the little bit of tax that he would need to pay with each one of those balloon payments. That's a smart move. I yeah. really like that. That's a good structure. Yeah. yeah, it's a good structure. Um, there's other ways that they uh, they are able to be structured as well that, that really behoove the, uh, the seller as well. From the buyer's standpoint, um, it's great too. Because first of all, it avoids the necessity to go to a bank and deal with really what's amounting to be insurmountable bureaucracy these days.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's fees and everything that's on top of it, but it just takes forever to deal with some of these banks.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember one time I took a personal um, equity line out on my property, and this was before the big downturn in 2010, my credit was virtually perfect. And um, in any case, uh, I um, got a lender from the bank saying that uh, due to my unfortunate uh, financial circumstance, an unfortunate downturn in my financial situation, they were no longer able to
3: give me any money on that equity line. Right. And the unfortunate situation that you were in was that you were working with that bank. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You're right. Because that bank's stock f- fell from $36 to $3.
2: And mm. they had the unfortunate circumstance. So they had no money to lend. Yeah. They unfortunately kept the deed of trust on my property, but they just didn't lend <laughs> anything on it. <laughs> so I'm all for um, whenever possible working with without uh, using banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that behooves the buyer as well. So, Mike, we need to take a break right now, and I want to ask you real quick um, to think about something, and our listeners as well. Um, If a seller does do a carryback on their um, note, um, one of the downfalls of that is that then they tie up their money for a long period of time, and they don't necessarily um, have the flexibility to withdraw money when they want. Yeah. Um, So I'm wondering, as an insider strategy, um, is there a way that a seller can liquidate small portions of their equity along the way? Ooh, that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, and I alluded to it already. We talked about it. But let's uh, give our listeners that insider tip when we come back after a short break, and we'll talk to everyone then.
1: For questions or comments about today's topic, send email to HiDrChuck at gmail.com. That's H-I-D-R-Chuck at com or call 1-888-NO-TAXES. Now, back to your Real Estate Insider with Dr. Chuck Fury.
2: Hello, folks. Dr. Chuck back with you. Thanks for staying with us. I'm here with Mike Staton. Mike, thank you for joining us once more. Of course. Glad to be here. Great. So in the last segment, Mike, we asked the question, is there a way if a seller carries back or acts like the bank in a sale of their property, Is there a way that that seller can create um, additional cash uh, if that seller needs it in the future? For example, if he takes back a 10-year note and decides he needs uh, cash in year four and has not prepared for that event, something comes up, as we all know, life presents itself, Um, is there a way that that seller can create some cash at that point in time but not trigger the entire capital gains tax – which was the original strategy uh, to avoid when he carried back that uh, paper.
3: Yeah, I think you're really getting uh, to a good idea here, so I want to hear your answer. But I know that we've talked about other solutions where, in the last segment, you mentioned a um, seller carryback was structured where there are balloon payments at uh, regular intervals or at least uh, prescribed intervals, so that way the seller could get larger sums of money um, over the course of the repayment. Yep. But uh, that's not necessarily at will either, and it's mm-hmm. kind of um, that's mm-hmm. what it sounds like you're talking about here, where you can exactly. get a larger sum of money whenever you want. And that's I know right. that's what people are concerned about with seller carrybacks is they feel their money would be tied up in a repayment plan that um, you know they can't get money whenever they want. Are you okay. saying that? You have a right. solution for that. I do have a solution for that, Mike. And it's, a, I think, a very creative one, but a
2: good one for uh, our listeners out there as an insider strategy. These are tactics uh, that the insiders use, that the real estate pros use, that I want all of our listeners to be aware of, uh, to give them the tools and the ability to um, structure their transactions just the way anyone else in the – Upper echelons of real estate do. Mm-hmm. So um, you hit the nail on the head there, Mike. The previous strategy was when you know in advance that your child is going to have um, tuition payments, you know, over the next four years, let's say, and you carry back a note for seven years or ten years, you can create with the willingness of a buyer uh, those payments to occur at the those points in time, so that you only pay the capital gains tax that would be triggered by that amount of money, like thirty or $40,000, rather than a $500,000 capital gains hit. Um, and that's very, very valuable. But as you say, that's that's knowing in advance uh, and structuring in advance when those uh, payments would occur. In this case, I'm talking about what happens if something unforeseen, a health situation or something with one of your relatives occurs where you really need some money right away and you wish – you hadn't done a seller carryback at that point um, because you need that money. Realizing, of course, that had you done that uh, transaction without the seller carryback and without a ten thirty one exchange, you would have paid, you know, possibly several hundred thousand dollars in taxes. Right. So, risk and reward here. But um, the solution is this: if you um, have a carryback of five hundred thousand dollars that you're anticipating. In uh, in your transaction, why not simply structure it with let's say three notes? You can divide oh. it into three notes. Um, nice. You can let's say your your carryback was going to be at six percent, five percent, or six percent. That that triples what you can get um, in uh, CDs, five year CDs. Um, so let's say you're carrying back at six percent uh, and you're carrying back five hundred thousand dollars. But you know you might need seventy five thousand dollars, eighty five, ninety five thousand dollars at some point in the future. Create a note for a hundred thousand dollars at six mm-hmm. percent. Um, create uh, two other notes. Maybe they're both. Maybe another one's at fifty thousand, and another one's at three hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Now that gives you the the right then to to sell a note, and let's say the 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 note that you anticipate having to sell in the open market, if you needed to was the hundred thousand dollar note. So you put terms and conditions that are very attractive on that note. So maybe that note ends up being seven and a half percent interest rate, mm-hmm. and maybe the other notes to balance out the six percent might be five and a quarter percent. At that point, the average is six percent. The buyer is happy because he is paying you six percent over the life of that loan, right? Over the total sum, of principal exactly. But you have a first deed of trust on it, on that property in the amount of one hundred thousand dollars, and you have seven and a half percent interest. A note buyer out there would would pick that up in an instant, right? Um, they would want to get that uh, get that note and put it in their portfolio. So yeah. they might even, depending on where interest rates are, pay a premium for it. They could pay one hundred and ten thousand dollars for that yeah. note. Um, if interest rates are at 3% and if they're investing in banks right now and getting 2.5% or 1.5%. Right. So um, so ultimately, that's the way you can liquidate part of your uh, seller carryback when you need to at a time that you
3: need to do it that's not – Pre-announced. That's a really good insider tip. That really makes a seller carryback a flexible tool. That mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people that are familiar with seller carrybacks, I uh, think right. that they are inflexible, and exactly. think that they are they must be structured in such a way that you can only get regular payments over x number of years. But uh, yeah, that's right. You know, we've talked about two different solutions uh, already on this show. Absolutely, where you can have a lot of flexibility. You can have at will. Um, withdrawal, essentially, using mm-hmm. the the uh, buyer as the bank and, exactly uh, payments to you. That's true, Mike. Um, and there's so much
2: more to talk about creative financing with within the realm of ser- seller carrybacks that are good for both sellers and buyers. I mean, we have a program at our office called T-Value, which is a wonderful program. It allows you to calculate... Um, seller carrybacks uh, in many, many different ways. Um, you can create notes that uh, are have graduated payments. So they start low, and as you increase rents over a rental, it's good for a buyer. You can increase your payments at that time. Um, I I do want to mention in our insider tip that when you do sell that note at $100,000 or $110,000 or whatever you get it for that note, um, there will be a portion of that... Uh, Capital gains tax uh, that you um, will have to pay. Uh, you won't pay the capital gains tax on the entire five hundred thousand dollars, but you will pay it on the one hundred thousand dollars, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's the cost of doing business. That's at least creating a strategy whereby you're not uh, incurring all the capital gains tax, and you're you're selling smart. And that's what we like to tell people to do: is to sell smart. Right. And I also want to mention um, that they can call us, either Mike or Chuck, you can call us at one eight 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 no taxes and we'll explain to you with your particular transaction how you can maximize uh, your um, profit and minimize your taxes. Uh, but just don't do your transaction and then call us.
3: Yeah. Uh, I've had that happen several times. Yeah. It's hard for us to help when that happens. Yeah. But uh, we are very, very happy to help. And uh, uh-huh. we do have a lot of experience with seller carrybacks. If people are out there and uh, think that that solution might work for them, they Absolutely. definitely should give us a call.
2: Yeah. Whether buyer or seller, we'll be, be happy to talk to you about that. Or you can always email us at hi dr Chuck at gmail.com. Hi dr Chuck at gmail.com. So, Mike, let's talk a little bit about some of the ways that we can structure notes, uh, these carryback instruments, uh, to benefit both the seller and the buyer. Um, From the buyer standpoint, um, I think that uh, structuring these notes uh, in a way that makes sense for the buyer, uh, we've just talked about how it makes sense for the seller, is a good topic for us to talk about for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, As I mentioned, you can structure these notes so that the payments start low, an increase over time. They, I have one note uh, right now I'm paying on that increases $110 every January. Right. So it started at a low basis. And why did I do that as a buyer? Why did I structure the note? Um, and it, pure and simple, because we're in California and rents are rising virtually every year, um, we're able to... Um, match the note payments with the rising rents. Yeah, that's a really good
3: plan. Yeah,
2: it's a great plan. Now, it does require some uh, advanced mathematical calculations, uh, but it's also um, can be very good uh, depending on how it's structured for the seller as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, uh, well, there's a number of other ways that we can structure notes. Uh, for example, we can st- uh, have the interest rate Fluctuate or increase over time. The interest, interest rate could decrease over time. Mm-hmm. The interest rate, as we know, with these ARM products that the banks have right now, they can be tied to an index. Right. Well, that's another uh, way to do it. Um, we can stagger the balloon payments, as we've talked about before. So uh, anyway, there's just a lot of uh, wonderfully creative things that can be done to make the transaction work on both sides.
3: Well, it sounds like a really good way that a lot of people probably haven't even thought about making their transactions work. And yeah. uh, I'm hoping that some of our listeners will, will hear this and realize that there may be solutions out there that would work for them. And you know, they can give us a call and we'd help them out. You bet. Mike, I want to thank you for being my guest co-host today
2: and sharing your wisdom and expertise with us. Of course, my pleasure. And we'll be back next week for some more insider tips from Dr. Chuck. Thanks for joining us.
1: This has been your Real Estate Insider with Dr. Chuck Fury. It's his mission each week to make real estate easy, lucrative, and fun. If you have a specific real estate challenge or story you'd like to share with Chuck, just send an email to hi, Dr. chuck at gmail.com. Again, that's h-i-d-r-chuck at gmail.com. Or call 1-888-NO-TAXES. That's 1-888-NO-TAXES.